Welcome back for an evening of the Interleague. As always, I'm Chris with my buddy Alex. And we're bringing baseball back, baby. One of us is fantasy depressed. The other one's in fantasy glory. Our teams are doing pretty good. I know we've missed a couple weeks. We've missed you. You've missed us. But it's okay. We're back. And I know I sound crispy smooth. I can hear myself in my headphones. You don't got to say anything. But go ahead and put it in the chat if you do like it. Like right now. Go ahead and do it in the chat. Tell me how much you like it. But late night podcast. Cause for late night rambles. And who knows what we're going to talk about. Smacks? Yo. You do. Feeling it? You do sound good. You, you feeling good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> like I said, chill vibes, chill vibes. Tonight, yeah, it's been a uh, been a few weeks off. Time. We're getting a little later start than we anticipated because you know it's been a minute since we chatted up. So like the last time, vacation. yeah, I was on vacation yeah. and vacation stuff. The holiday, you had some fantasy football drafts. Yeah. I was MIA for a Monday. You know, dealing with some migraineage. We had some planned days off, some planned weeks off, but uh, I think we're gonna stay the course. We were discussing calendar before we started recording, and I think See, we're. Uh, why it took so long too is because we were talking business. Yeah, we. For those uh, who don't know, I think we're gonna stay the course and just take off next week. We have uh, episode ninety-seven. That's this one that you're listening to right now. You heard. Um, yeah, so we'll take a week off um, next Monday, um, which just happens to coincide with the Bills. Uh, so we'll, we'll be able to take we'll that in. The, we'll be on the Bills podcast. Yeah, the, uh, the undefeated Buffalo Bills. <clears throat> um, Where we're going to talk one and a half hours of how trash Jalen Ramsey is. <laughs> um, I will say that. So I, I, we were in discord that you had the game on your stream. So I was able to watch it. I didn't have the sound on or anything like that because I was watching the Yankees game at the same time. And the Yankees game was going like, I think that's the game that they won. I think yeah, they won sure that they game won. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Thursday night. Um, yeah, because it was the Twins. It was the first game against the Twins. Uh, or, no, no, no. That's the game they lost. That was the last game against the Twins because they played Tampa Bay over the weekend. Um, yeah, so that's the game they lost on some bullshit. That's right. Um, on, a, on that terrible reviewed call that I didn't understand what the point of even going to replay was if they were just going to get the call wrong anyway. But we'll get, <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll get more into that. So... <clears throat> But it's like I, I have openly said that like I've never really been a big football fan. I don't get the appeal, you know, whatever. But I will say like in that setting, like being among friends, like even though we weren't all physically together, but we were all watching the same thing, just talking, you know, about whatever, primarily football, but also some other craziness. Um, it was a good time. Like I, I could get behind like continuing to watch football in that regard, like. I didn't get in on Sunday at all, um, mainly because I felt like it was just going to be too much with it not being one game. 
but like when it was just just the Bills game on Thursday night, it was dude, uh. Watching Red Zone is intense, dude. It's a totally different way. It's fast paced. You got it's hard to keep up. One minute you're in this game, the next the next minute you're in this game, the next minute you're in all eight games. Um, yeah, dude. When it's one football game, I kind of like that. But on Sunday, it's hard not to watch. No, and I and I get it. And with fantasy, like you have guys or they have guys playing in every game. So like maybe maybe it's not every game, but I mean you're also in a fantasy league with your buddies. So you're like in the guillotine league. Like you're wanting to know how David's doing, how Trav's doing. Yeah, like the just the guys that you're that you're close to that are friends of yours that you're kind of rooting for them as well. You know, except unless you're playing them. So I get it. You know, it's like me watching, you know, the, like paying attention to what's going on in the Dodgers game right now. Typically, I wouldn't care less, but Anderson's pitching for the Dodgers. My brother has him in fantasy. He's in playoff matchup as well. You have the whole Dodgers lineup in your on your squad. Yeah, but I would just pay attention to, like, how well my guys are doing. I I I I've not you sat down and watched. Right you got the game on. No no no, no. I, I did until we started recording. Then I turned it off so I wasn't distracted by it. Mm. But yeah, but I was like watching like actually like watching the game. You know, see how it went. But <clears throat> really I feel like the secret to my guys has been like me not paying attention to them. I just let them go do their thing. Like, I, tr- I trust you guys got this. I'll see you next week. You know? Yeah, I can see that. <clears throat> I can see that, especially in the playoffs, dude. And, like, you know, you're not off to a, you're off to a Monday start. That's what I like to say. You're just off to a, it's a classic Monday start, you know? Yeah, it was really just, like, one one bad outing. So it's And it's not even like I have a low point total. It's just... One guy, like Teoscar Hernandez, is really the guy that has ruined it at this point with yeah. going negative when four. Erase a couple people's scores. And yeah. Stuff. Like if he, you know, like he, oh for three, two strikeouts and hit into a double play. Uh, Tucker went one for five, struck out, hit into a double play, but at least you know his one hit. He had he had three RBIs, so it's like kind of negated himself. He got in the positive. You know, one and a half points a day. You know what? That's like 10, 11 points on the week. If he gets one and a half points every day. And a 10-point week, like, it's nothing to write home about. But it can it can be acceptable. It's not acceptable from Kyle Tucker. You know, like, I need more points than that. Correct. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you figure you look at guys that are, you know, kind of bringing up your like your, your, your solid point scores. Um, you know, it's like Matt Chapman, perfect example. Uh, he's at 300 points on the year and he has, he's like just inside top 100. And I think what you're striving for, for position players is you want them all to be top 100 point scores. If you can get a lineup of guys close to that, you probably have pretty good team and 300 points over the course of 22 weeks to this point. Like, it's not much more than, like, 10 to 15 points a week. You know, it's like you're right there in it. You know, 10 points would be 220 points. So you're talking 80 points split up over 22 weeks. 
you know what that's like less than four so you're sitting around like 13 it's like that magic number they're looking for so i'm not mad about it you know tucker i can get behind it but negative four points <laughs> that's a game changer like that's bad that's the wrong direction uh, that's some tim anderson stuff yeah and so uh but no my my guys yeah like my guys in uh in la have a chance to to make up for it um i have the two starts in hand so we're we're sitting okay you know like i'm if i can come out of tonight down by like 10 to 15 points with two starts in hand i will be very okay with that for monday you know negated arguably one of his better starts in bassett going against the cubs bassett put up big negative numbers so i can just He's turn the ball over do what you got a hole to crawl out of now yeah yeah so i can uh i turn that over um but it'll be it'll be interesting like i don't really know i'm travis and i like if we were to meet up it would be in the championship we can't play earlier than that because either the with him being the one seed and me being the three either we're the top two seeds left in it so we wouldn't meet till the finals or the one, two and three seater in there, which means I would play the two seed in the semifinals anyway. So there's the only way I can play Travis is in the finals. And that's really the only team that had a better year than me. Um, Travis went 16 and six. I finished 15 and seven. Um, the gold division winner also finished 15 and seven, but I had like, 325 more points for than they did so i technically am like the number two team but because division winners get the one and two seed that's why i got the three seed um and then it's really like uh nick audrain his team where he finished with like the third highest point total and he's the number four seed um so really like i am on board with you know, the top four seeds advancing because then that means I get Adam Stow in the semifinals, who, in my opinion, is the weakest of the four teams of the top seeds and Trav and Nick play each other. And I'm like, okay, like one of you guys got to beat the other one. Like I, I don't have to go through both of you. Whereas if like, if Nick upsets, his, like if Nick Stow upsets his brother, like the seven beats the two, well then that's who Trav gets to play. So then I would play Nick Aldrain and then I would play Travis or the dream would be like, if Kurt wins and my cousin wins, <laughs> like Nick hey. wins and like all the teams that are up there with me just get eliminated. <laughs> and so I have had, I, I've won two championships and in both of my championships, I beat the number eight seed in the finals <laughs> as, oh, as God. me being the number five seed. And one of our, so I guess not, no, it was the seven seed and the eight seed because the first year I won as the fifth seed, every lower seed won in the first round. So I went from being like the number five seed to being the best team on the year through the regular season into the second round because the five, six, seven, and eight seed won. So I would have played the eight seed in the semifinals. Yeah, so like I've not beaten a team that was like up there at all for either one of my championships. Um, and neither one of my championships were close. Like, I think both my championships were, like, over on, like, Wednesday. 
Like that I was up by like a hundred points. Jeez, man. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, cool. Steam rolling. <clears throat> adding po- adding incremental points overnight to <laughs> yeah. Yeah, getting getting commissioner I'm gonna, points. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm watching you. All right, dude. That's fine. You can watch. I'm happy for you to watch me. You know, you should get to watch playoff baseball. Yeah, I am when the Cardinals are there. <laughs> all right. You know what I mean. Playoff fancy baseball. As uh, you know, but yeah. I'm coming off of a fantasy football win last year, so you know, I'm still on still on cloud nine. Yeah. Was it just your uh, your friends and family league? Is that the one you won? No, dude, I won the money. You won the big money one? Yeah. I didn't think you did. Yeah, I won twelve hundred bones, bro. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, hey, yes, sir. Josh Allen took me to the promised land, and then just couldn't get the job done against the Chiefs in the playoffs. Yeah, no, dude, you won me a championship, but not him one. It's... Oh, what a good friend. Friend <laughs> of the show, Josh that? Allen. Yeah, friend of the show. Welcome on anytime. <laughs> we can talk about, uh, I guess they're in the state of New York, so I don't know who their baseball team they root for in Buffalo is. Uh, probably the Blue Jays. It's yeah, probably pretty maybe, big there. Yeah, yeah a lot of, uh, yeah, I guess maybe. There's a lot of Canadian well, they're fans. Well, they're... So Buffalo's right there on the border, um, but then the the Blue Jays AAA team also plays in Buffalo. Oh, so like they have like a local minor league affiliate, and it's okay. for the Blue Jays. Oh, okay. So, so I would imagine that that's a, a possibility. I don't know for sure. <clears throat> and it's just par for the course, you know. Like uh, they're. They're in a division with the Yankees. Yankees are like notoriously hated, won a whole bunch of championships. Blue Jays just haven't come close to getting anything done since like '93 with uh, Joe Carter's walk-off home run. Um, yeah, so the... just it, it fits the the Bills narrative. You know, they're in a division with the Patriots. Yeah, but right? the Bills also um, the Bills fans also tout themselves as the only uh, as the only football team in New York. Right, they are. So maybe That's they are true. Yankees fans. Maybe they're Yankees fans. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, because like I said, they are. The, I think I'm going to have to ask the subreddit, you know? Yeah, they they are uh, They are the only football team that plays their home games in the state of New York. This is true. And how I, and how I ask them, like, hey, guys, I was listening to the super cool baseball podcast <laughs> called The Interleague, and they brought up a good question. Like, as someone that's not from Buffalo, like, what baseball team do you guys root for? Uh, not, I have I'm not saying that I know, but my my guess will be is that the majority will be Toronto Blue Jays fans, or they won't, or they won't watch. Probably majority will be that they aren't baseball fans. Probably be my guess. All right, we're we're gonna Google it and see. Yeah, they're probably like football and hockey fans. Because like that would be the only thing that I could think of that would like turn them away from the Blue Jays would be like oh like I'm a Sabres fan or like I hate the Leafs so I'm not going to root for them and they're in Toronto so I'm also just because I hate the Maple Leafs I'm not going to root for the Blue Jays mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I don't know. Not a very yeah. good Google, all right? Not not quick to find out. But no, shout well, out, so just, shout out Buffalo Bill subreddit if you're listening to this at some point in time. You know. Yeah, we'll just have to throw something in there. Um, but no, as you mentioned, you know, briefly, both teams, both of our our pro teams are doing. They're doing they're doing okay, um, as a as a whole I would say, um, Yankees are kind of riding the ship a little bit. Um, it's not as depressing from where they were. Uh, I would uh, classify the gameplay not as. Yeah, they, taking two out of three from Tampa Bay over the weekend went a long way. Um, taking three out of four from the Twins, and really it probably should have been a four game sweep. But taking three out of four, nonetheless, winning that series, taking two out of three from Tampa Bay, winning that series, um, especially after losing the first game and just kind of looking lost at the plate uh, for them to pop off for double digit runs Saturday and Sunday. It just it I feel like it really it it moved the needle in a manner because it took their. You know, it went from like where you just see this this division lead could have been down. Like it was down to as many as or as few as like three and a half games over Tampa Bay after Tampa Bay won that first series. And so then you, you moved it back up to five and a half, but it took like, it, it just brought that the magic number was 22 and you're like, cool. So if they lose again over the weekend, this is the last time I played Tampa Bay you're talking the the division lead could be as low as one and a half, and your magic number is still at like twenty something. But it taking those two games, jumped it back up to five and a half, brought the magic number down to eighteen for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay blew a save tonight to Toronto, and they're in second and third. It's like Toronto helped lower that magic number to seventeen to win the division. Um, so you're just like, all right, like you're you're right there now that with having, you know, 22, 23 games left and a magic number of 17 for the Yankees, or like in the Cardinals case, it's 14, you you just start to have this level of comfort. They're like, okay, if I just play 500 baseball, you know, so I win 11 or 12 games, it means that Toronto and Tampa Bay or Milwaukee – they can only lose like four more games the rest of the year. That's it. Um, and that's if, if the Yankees only play 500, if the Cardinals only play 500, Milwaukee can only lose like two more games and playing 500 for a team, like in the Cardinals case, it's playing, you know, 25 games above 500 at the moment. Uh, Yankees are 29 games above 500. It seems like it should be simple enough for them to, to win games over that stretch. The Cardinals also have a very easy strength of schedule um, for a part of it. I think they have one tough stretch left um, where I think either the West coast teams come in or they go out West. Uh, Yeah. They go out West um, where they play the Padres for three, then the Dodgers for three, and then they go to Milwaukee for two. So it's like, that eight game road trip is probably like the only remaining tough portion of their schedule. Um, 
they have five games against the Reds and six against the Pirates. So you're just like, all right, like those 11 games, if Cardinals can go eight and three in that stretch, you know, seven and four, now the, the magic number is down to seven. Um, and you have four games against the Brewers. So if you can split those four, that takes a that take you know that's two wins for the Cardinals, two losses for the Brewers. So that moves the magic number to like three. And you're like, okay, like now we just need the Brewers to lose like three of their other games and we clinch the division. So it just it gives like that, you know that that next level of confidence. You're just like, all right, like there's no pressure here. We don't have to worry about this collapse. And I feel like the Yankees gave themselves that bubble um, where they're like, okay, like we have some breathing room. We can give a little bit without them closing in on us. Uh, Toronto and Tampa Bay play each other a handful of times. Um, I think they have this series and one more. Baltimore, who is also in the playoff hunt, um, I think they are currently fourth in the wild card. Um, And they're like five and a half games back behind Tampa Bay, like they have a series against Toronto and against Tampa Bay and they play Houston a handful of times. So you're just like, all right, like all of the teams that are like, you're, you're kind of chasing or that are right there with you are kind of going to cannibalize themselves. So you just start to feel, start to feel better and they can get some of that pressure off. They're starting to get healthy. Um, I think the Cardinals are also getting to a point where they're finally kind of, getting healthy um, where I, I feel like they're what I think it's really just Carlson is probably their only everyday player. That's not playing right now. Is that right? Um, yeah. I can't think of another one off the top of my head. It's gotta be. Yeah I'm, yeah. I'm looking. I mean, like I don't really know what they have planned. Yeah. So, so for position players on the 40-man roster, it's just Carlson that's on the 10-day IL. Um, and then you have uh, Steven Matz on the 15-day IL. And I think he just started his, like, a rehab assignment or whatever as a starter. Um, but my assumption would be, you know, when he comes back, it's going to be into the bullpen. Um, and you'll probably see like uh, um, like my my guess would probably be like Zach Thompson would probably be the odd man out. Um, maybe like uh, Packy Naughton. Like it would be one of the other lefties that they all send down. Um, yeah, I'm trying to trying to see. Yeah, it'll it'd be interesting because I mean they still have um, like I know with bringing Naughton up they just sent like James Naley down, Cabrera is still down in Memphis. You have Hudson down in Memphis. Um, so, but I, I'm assuming that they, if when Mats comes back, they will try to find a way to get him onto the major league roster, given that they're paying him, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. eleven million dollars a year. Yeah, you're definitely paying him to pitch. So if he's healthy. Um, yeah, I think he fits that role like 
hey, you didn't get a lot of workload in, um, but if you're healthy, you're going to pitch in the bullpen for the playoff. Like, we're paying you. Um, or maybe he just sits there, you know, and you like your bullpen. Um, I guess you got to call him up. So I guess you got to bring him back. So you got to send someone down. So I mean, it's not really an option, but yeah. Like, yeah, because I don't. Bullpen. Yeah, because I don't. I don't know what uh... long reliever, you know. Yeah, I don't up early and call him in. Right. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know what like his option situation is, but I know he's he spent years with the Mets, uh, so I would imagine there's the possibility. But I mean, you have, you know, Wayno, Michaelis, Catano, Montgomery, Flaherty. It's like you really don't have a spot in the rotation, and you probably. You're, you're probably at a point where you're not even really worried about going with the fifth man in the playoffs. Like you're probably, probably more likely going to go with the four man rotation there. Um, so it, like, I don't know if Jack gets back to form, maybe he, he could pitch back into a rotation spot, but I was not impressed at all by either of his outings this last week. Um, but I would say the Cardinals in general, did not impress me at all over there this last week of play. Um, they looked like a much different team. Um, so I, I, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know if maybe they just like were looking ahead in the schedule, you know, because they have the big series with Milwaukee to kind of really put them away. You know, they're Cincinnati's in for the five games and then they had like, they have like one, the one test week left with the Padres and the Dodgers, where you're probably going to see one, if not both of those teams in the postseason. So you really want to, to prove your medal you know, where they took two out of three from Atlanta, um, you know, two weeks ago or whatever it was. I think that that was a kind of a statement series. It's what they swept Colorado, swept Arizona, and then took two out of three from Atlanta. And you're just like, okay, like, they're they're playing really good baseball. They're finding ways to win games. They're getting leads early. They were scoring early like every game. And then this like these last seven games, it was like May, June Cardinals baseball. Like lighting up runs, took like some come from behind wins. I mean, they went four and three against two of the worst teams in the NL two of the worst teams in baseball. Um, they got blown out in like two of their losses. Um, and three of their four wins, they were trailing. Like they scored runs to take the lead in the ninth inning. It's like they were trailing in the eighth or ninth and three of those four wins. Um, and even like they were, they were losing at one point in the game in all seven games. And I think the other team scored first in all seven games. And I just don't think that that's a recipe for winning games long-term. Um, so if that's the showing you're going to have when you're playing the bottom of the barrel, it doesn't bode well. Like if they do the same thing against the Padres and the Dodgers, I think they're going to go. zero and six, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely concerning. Um, I mean, they played the Atlanta series pretty well i wouldn't oh for sure i don't know like it like one of the games it was like um they kind of won like at the end like i mean they stayed in the whole time and they won kind of one out right um so you like those showings and 
Um, you know, like I said, just if I'm going to take anything out of it, like just the consistency that they have been playing at long term, like that was a very not a great like series, but you know, like that's, you know, we just got to pick that back up. Like it's, it'll continue to, I guess, worry if it continues and we'd hope to see it not, especially with like, you know, take Milwaukee. That's probably going to be a hard series, even though they're a trash team. But then like you get into Cincinnati for what? Five, five games. Yeah. Five games. Yeah, five games uh, in four days. So, and then you play Chicago. Uh, and then, no, then they get, Chicago, uh, yeah, that's when they get San Diego and L.A. Yeah, but then you play the Pirates and <laughs> yeah. So then uh, they get then they get Milwaukee and then Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh. Yeah, Milwaukee and Pittsburgh. So it's definitely like I don't I don't think they're at any risk of like, um. Yeah, but they yeah they're definitely not at risk for a playoff thing. I don't think. right. Like they're they're talking about like some bad, miraculous collapse. I don't think so. It it is about how you finish the season, like how you're gonna play that first round. Like you don't like your timing. Like okay, cool, you're off now. But, like, you really got to take these games against Milwaukee and Cincinnati and, like, really build some confidence because you're going to go into two playoff series. Correct. Like, you're gonna, like the... Both teams are going to play those as playoff games, and that will really be your energy going into the playoffs. It won't be how you beat Pittsburgh. It'll be how did we last play these teams that we're going to see in the playoffs. Right, I like think. that. Right, and, and San Diego is probably – a precursor for a playoff matchup. The difference is it'll be in San Diego where when they meet in the first round of the playoffs, it'll be in St. Louis and the Cardinals are a really, really good team at home. Um, one of the better at home records where they're like 500 or maybe even slightly below 500 on the road. <clears throat> but like I said, it, it is that it's like that audition for lack of a better word. Like, okay, how, how do we match up against these teams? And they were up to the task for Atlanta, which they're defending world champions. They have been playing very good baseball. Atlanta's pressing New York to win that division. Um, Atlanta is going to probably finish with a similar record to the Cardinals. I don't think, I don't know how close the Cardinals are to catching those guys yet. And they're, they're right there. They're like four games, five games back. Um, So if you can, if you can handle business against these teams, like, you could even like the Cardinals could even mess around and find themselves catching New York or Atlanta and getting that first round by like, and just going straight to the divisional series, which I think will bode well for them. Um, Cause San Diego, who isn't this, they're not like this amazing team, you know, on paper, like how they're playing, you know, they're five and five in their last 10. Like they've only put up like 620 runs. They've given up almost 600 runs. So like their plus minus, like the run differential isn't that, isn't that great. Um, they like Juan Soto's like quietly, like in the worst slump of his career over like the last 10 to 12 games where he's been like under a hundred. Um, he hasn't really done crap since getting traded to San Diego. I've read that exact headline a handful of times quietly Juan Soto's hitting like trash pretty much yeah like no one's talking about it and it's fine because no one expects anything from San Diego because they're not going to go anywhere um they have a good team but at the same time like they have a good team and they're 20 games back like the Dodgers magic number to clinch the west is three and they're still playing tonight it's like the Dodgers could be NL West champions tomorrow 
So, like, it's not even mid-September yet. Like, also, probably first half of September. Hard pressed against the <clears throat> Mets or the Braves, really, because the Bra- the Mets are finishing up series with the Cubs. They got two more against the Cubs. Then they play the Pirates for four games. Then they play the Brewers for three. Then they play Oakland for three. Then they play Miami. Then they play the Braves. And then they play Washington. Okay, so they have one tough series left against Atlanta. Yeah, and Atlanta's outlook, so they have the Giants tonight, tomorrow, the next day. Then they have the Phillies. Then they have the Nationals, Phillies, Nationals, Mets, and then uh, Marlins. So, I mean, maybe the Phillies give them some tough time. But, I mean, they are losing to the Giants as we speak. Yeah, and the, and the Mets lost to the Cubs tonight. And they are on a two-game losing streak. So, you know, they lost yeah. to the Mariners. I mean, the Mariners are also a playoff a good team. team. Good yeah, team. They're, they're a playoff team. And they played at the Mariners. So, you know, if you're going to lose the series, might as well not do that at home. Right. Oh um, yeah, I think they both have, like, good – it'd be hard to make up five games. It, maybe you do it on Atlanta – but the Mets, I mean, something would really right. have it, to happen. To the it, Mets. And it's and it's the same thing like going the other way. Like if if the Mets, let's say they have 20, 20 games left, you know, at at the twenty game mark, the Cardinals are five games back. If the Cub or if the the Mets play ten and ten baseball, just go five hundred. The Cardinals to catch them would have to go fifteen and five. Like and that that's very like very tough to do to you know play at a 750 clip for three weeks headed into the playoffs without right. like, draining all your guys like right you're like you're gonna now, slide in there you know we don't want to and you know, maybe like i said like and it and it's it's doable because they don't really play a high level of competition outside of you know out so six games yes against tough teams um however I will I will put out the caveat. I don't expect the Dodgers to kind of roll over, but they're not playing for any sort of record. They aren't like their I think magic number to play well though. You know. Do what? They got guys off the bench that play well though. For sure. I I'm just saying you may not get their A squad. Like you might get like Freeman may get a night off, Turner may get a night off. Yeah. You know, you yeah. may not you may not get their best pitchers. You know, like they may just decide, like, yeah, we're not going to tip our hand because we might play you in the second round. So, we're not we're not going to tip our hand, or we might play you in the like in the LCS. So, we aren't going to show you our best guys. We're not going to give you tape on what we're doing right now. You know, we're not going to give you live feedback on where things are at. Because um, so Mets are the number two seed, magic number. What they're at one. 49 so what is that 14 for them to clinch home field advantage through the nl playoffs and then i think houston would be the next closest at yeah would be 17 so maybe maybe they're still playing for home field advantage but again, you're talking about that's 10 games from now. That could be 10 lower. Like if the Dodgers win five and the Astros lose five in that stretch, you know, their magic number is seven. You know, it's like they just 
they may not be playing for much. So you may so that advantage Cardinals to to catch the Mets. Like if you know if the if they can take the series against the Padres and the Dodgers are just kind of like, man, we're not we're not going to worry about it. We're going to give this a farewell tour to Pujols. Like he played here with us a little bit last year. We enjoyed what he had. Let's you know throw him some lollipops to. Let's make sure get get the 700, you know, <laughs> like do that with our good pitchers though. We don't right. want to ruin their ERA bonus checks. Right. So so maybe so maybe that's where that's where it's at. Like I'm not not saying it will or like if the Cardinals beat them that that's what happened, but I think it would be clearly obvious like how it goes about. But I think that that's why I I'm hesitant to be like, all right, Cardinals are there. Because the Cardinals have had a great, you know, post All Star break record. They have they have looked good, winning a lot of games, one of the better records in baseball. But they're also doing it against a whole bunch of teams that they should beat. And it really wasn't until the Atlanta series recently that they beat a good team um, in a series. Like they had won games against good teams, but they would like drop two out of three to them. Um, they did beat the Yankees. In early August, but the Yankees were also playing like their worst stretch of baseball, like in that 45 days, like in their franchise history. So I don't want to read too much into it. And those games were all close. (laughs) So like they weren't beating up on them by any means. And then a whole bunch of other teams like just beat the crap out of the Yankees. It felt like. Um. So what you're saying is the Yankees are allowed to lose games, but the Cardinals aren't allowed to lose no, games. No, I'm Got I'm it. saying Got it. we all heard it. We all heard it. We know what you're saying. Well well the Cardinals the Cardinals can certainly lose games because the NL Central's soft and there's the Brewers aren't gonna catch them. Like I don't think the Brewers will play well enough. Like I don't think the Brewers will be much better than five hundred the rest of the way out. So you're talking the Cardinals need to win like four games to win the central, in my opinion. Like I, I am willing to go out on a limb right now. And I'm going to say the Brewers finish with 85 wins. Or uh, now nah, I'll do 86 wins. So 11 more wins. Yeah. So 86 wins. So the Cardinals will need to win four games once they hit 87 wins, the Brewers will not get to that win total for the rest of the season. And I think that that'll happen by the time they're done with this five-game series against the Reds. Whether it's taking two from the Brewers and three from the Reds or they take five from the Reds, I don't I don't care. But by the time these seven games this week are done, <clears throat> the Cardinals will have at least 87 wins and the Brewers will never get to that win total on the season. <clears throat> um, so the Cardinals can certainly lose games no no doubt about that um, and I, I don't think it'll change their standing I think that they'll be the number three seed they'll play the number six seed in the first round everything we just talked about <clears throat> where where my hesitation lies is that I I will admit the Cardinals were winning a lot of games and they were playing really good baseball, but they were doing it against pretty bad teams. 
And I'm not convinced that they're a contender for that reason. Like if they're, when we talk about their roster makeup right now with what it'll be for next year, I, I like to me, that doesn't shouldn't strike fear into anybody. Like, I think their rotation, if Wayno doesn't come back, will be very meh. Um, I think their lineup, it, you know, like, their offense has been feared this year. And it's because you got, like, a good month from Lars Newbar against the bottom of the barrel NL teams. You know, in, in August, when they didn't play anybody, Newbar had a good showing. He's still batting, like, 220 on the year, which isn't good. Um, you have two, not one, but two MVP candidates and one guy fighting for the triple crown. So you're probably not going to get the same kind of production from Goldschmidt and or Arenado. <clears throat> you have a, just in this prime, dude, maybe Goldschmidt won't be doing it next year. And then Nolan can actually, you know, get him one. Uh, maybe. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm not saying that neither one of them can. I think that one of them will regress to the point that they're not having an MVP candidate type. You're like, I wouldn't be surprised right now if Goldschmidt and Arenado finished one, two in MVP consideration. The only person that I could see maybe breaking that up is Freeman. And that's if Freeman continues to run away with the batting title and picks up some RBIs and the Dodgers win 110 games and they win a championship because they say it's a regular season, but we all know that that's not really how it plays out. Yeah, if it was just regular season, they'd give out the awards. Right Before up. the playoffs were over. <laughs> so <clears throat> so I think Freeman, and I don't think Freeman will, will win it. Um, I think that Goldschmidt will win the MVP, um, but it, it could prevent Arenado from being number two. Um, the only way I could see Freeman getting it is if Goldschmidt and Arenado like cannibalize themselves and steal votes from each other with like who the MVP of the Cardinals should have been, you know? So instead of voting for Goldschmidt, people vote for Arenado and vice versa. And then Freeman like sneaks in and gets it. And I don't even know that Freeman has the numbers to be there. Um, I just know he, he's having a very strong year. Turner as well, and mainly because they're both on my team right now, so I watch them a whole bunch. And yeah, I got Freeman finally lines. played the Braves and got whatever closure he needed. He got out of his little emo phase and started <laughs> yeah. raking again. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but yes, I mean, I I think that they. So I so I think like with the makeup that they have, it just. I, I wouldn't consider them contenders. Um, you've got an ageless Albert Pujols that is producing way more than what you thought he would. Um, Corey Dickerson's kind of come out of the woodwork and has had a really strong last couple weeks with Carlson not doing anything um, and then being hurt. Um, O'Neal has started to pick it up a little bit. I don't think his numbers are quite where you would want them to be. Uh, but, I mean, they're not... They're not as garbage as they once were. Um, you know, like, I, I still think Paul DeYoung needs to go away. You know, but, I mean, O'Neal's at least now, like, he's at 14 home runs. Like, he's hitting, like, 230. 
you know, so with how slow he started and how bad things were, like he he is he's probably hitting like that 250 260 range that you would hope you know with the pop that he has um over the course of the last month or so um edmund's starting to kind of figure it out uh gorman i think is i like i don't think second base is going to work out for gorman i don't think that defensively especially when the shift restrictions come into play um, I don't think he has the range that'll be needed to play second base successfully. Um, so they go have to figure out something there. Uh, and obviously with Dickerson being gone, like, and pools being gone, like Gorman mm-hmm. is a very good DH option for you. Cause he's got the bat. Um, but the pop really he even needs to develop the bat a little bit more. Right. I would say the, the power really hasn't been there as of late. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't like he's hitting 230. I don't expect it to be much higher than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, me, you know, you'd like to see it closer to 250. I just feel like everyone you hope to be at like the 250 mark. I feel like 250 is like the new 300 in baseball nowadays. Yeah, I mean, maybe if he hangs out with Nolan Arenado all summer, which you probably will do anyway, right? Um, maybe that helps him out a little bit. He's not had that time yet. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe next year he hits more like you know 240 250 i would like him to hit like uh uh chris's fantasy first baseman um let's see christian walker let's see if this is fair numbers to compare him on for the year christian walker has hit 239 this is probably way too many hits for him 117 hits 32 home runs it's probably too many home runs early on for him, but like that two thirty nine and being a productive power hitter, you know. Yeah, like if he if he can be two thirty two forty and hit thirty bombs, kind of nasty year. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that that's extremely acceptable. Uh, that's that's like the Paul DeYoung approach like that we always talked about. At second, I don't care how good his bat is. And it's, yeah, and, we have gold glovers in the infield. Like, correct. Out, you know. Yeah, like <laughs> I I think that you still need to get rid of DeYoung. Yeah, like DeYoung needs to go. You can shift Edmund back to second base. I think Brennan Donovan did fine at shortstop, but I, I, I think that that's where what they need to bring in, whether it's like a Mason Wynn or something like that. Like Dan Swanson. Right, or like a Swanson, a Glacius, like if Correa opts out, like just something that's going to be oh, like uh, um, you know, if Bogarts hits free agency, um. Like if they go after somebody like that, Trey Turner, like if they if they bring in that level, you know, and that that's where their money goes because they they don't have anything else that they really can't fill internally. So like they like they can buy one You'll big find spot some at the trade at the trade deadline that they'll just go out and get it. It'll be fine no matter what their pitching situation looks like. No <laughs> well, that. and they're and they're pitching. And they're pitching while, like, I don't, like I said, like, I don't think their pitching should fear, like, should strike fear into the hearts of anybody, but they have formidable options with guys that, like, you're not mad about who they're going to run out there. They just don't have that top, you know, top of the rotation superstar ace like they've had in, like, Carp and Wayno for the last 15 years, you know, 20 years, whatever it's been. Like, they've always had, like, that big name guy, and they, they really won't. But I mean, if you're opening day rotation 
is a combination of Flaherty, Michaelis, Montgomery, um, Hudson, and you know, mate, like you have Mats, you have Libator, you have Thompson, you have Woodford. The Grafco, how, how when is he? Is he next year or is he the year after? Um, that I don't know. Um, rookie. Like if we look, I mean, oh, like, no, yeah, rookie. Gordon Graceffo, they have his ETA is 2024. Okay, so not next year. Yeah. Um, yeah, he hasn't pitched above double A right now. Uh, but they have, they have one other guy. Uh, what is it? Uh, Angel Rodon or Rondon or whatever that I think has had pretty solid numbers in Memphis this year as a starter. So it's like they ha- they have a uh, a handful of guys, but contract wise, you have Flaherty, Michaelis, Montgomery, Hudson, and Mats. It's like they have five starters that are already MLB caliber that already are under contract for 2023. So you could trade, you know, but that's not a free agent signing. Like maybe you got to take on contract somewhere, but so you have five major league caliber guys. And then again, Woodford, Thompson, Libertor, you know, you'll, you'll have Graceffo there. Um, you have Rondo. And so it's like, you have four or five other decent options. You still have Palante. Um, I don't know if they're done with Hicks. There's always the possibility that they bring back Jose Quintana, although I don't think they need him. If you're going to bring in a free agent, that wouldn't make sense to be the guy. Um, I think they'd be better suited bringing in like a big time arm for the bullpen. Cause that's really what they need. Um, it's that middle relief. It kind of lacks because every time they have a good middle reliever, he has to step into the closers role. Cause they've never really had a true closer. No, um, we run closer by whoever right. sticks their hand up first. Right. And because like you have like Gallegos, Cabrera, Hicks, Helsley, you know, they're they're all good if, if Reyes comes back and is healthy, you know, so that's five guys you have in the bullpen right now that uh have all had varying levels of success at the major league level. Um yeah, so that so there just isn't a lot. Like, and we've we've talked about the position players, so we're blue in the face. And again, like if you have, um, yeah, let's keep talking about the position players. What do you think is more? If the Cardinals can do only one thing in the off season, as far as like sign a bigger player, or I guess better question: Do you think signing a big name free agent shortstop? impacts your ability to sign a Wilson Contreras. So I I probably if I'm if I'm being realistic, yes. However, I think it is going to be easier to trade for a formidable catcher than it will be to trade for an impact shortstop. Mm-hmm. And I think that you have you have options like Avon Herrera is only 22 years old. <laughs> yeah. You know, Kisner is 27. So Kisner, it's prop like you probably hope Kisner is ready to take over for Molina. And he's not going to be Herrera. You could give it two more years and hope that he becomes your everyday starter 
and he's your backup for the next two years. But I think you could trade for the guy to fill that gap pretty, pretty easily. Um, you know, like I said, like you, you just, we just listed off a whole bunch of pitching depth that they have. Um, you know, we didn't talk about like Cody Whitley is another name. Um, Chris Stratton, I think is still under contract. Um, we talked about like Pilate, uh, James Naley has been fine. Um, Jojo Romero, I think is still under contract with the trade that they made when they shipped off, uh, what's his name? Uh, Amado Sosa. <clears throat> so like they, so they have a, a decent depth of guys that have major league talent. And I think that you could package a bunch of these guys up and like a Sean Murphy is something you could go get in the off season that he's under team control. So he isn't going to cost you money. He's going to cost you depth and prospects. But I think that they have the ability to turn around and flip like, okay, we'll give you Kisner and we'll give you a starter and we'll give you a bullpen guy for Murphy. And I, I think that they can survive that. Like if it's like a Kisner and a Zach Thompson and, you know, like a Pilate or, you know, a, like a, you know, a Stratton or Thompson or not Thompson, um, Woodford. Like if those are the guys you're giving up, they're like, okay, cool. Like that we're going to, we're going to bring in Murphy. We're going to, Murphy's going to become our everyday starter. Um, yeah, Hudson would be a, a good option. You know, if you want to give like Libertor a shot at the major league level. Because um, <clears throat> I Hudson's in arbitration. I think he's a free agent. So it would be a one-year rental. Um, <clears throat> so, I, I, so I think you could easily package something together to bring in an impact name like that. Um or you or you can even look at going like a different route like all right like let's just bring in a guy that's going to be like uh like on the defensive side of the ball he'll be fine and you try to trade with like uh, Detroit and go after like a Tucker Barnhart you know previous Cy Young winner um I can't think of his name I just had it if it comes back to me um oh uh like a James McMahon, uh, McCann has had terrible terrible time in new york so if you can like okay like you eat some of that money we'll give you we'll give you like two prospects for him and we'll give you kisner and you you try to figure that out we'll take McCann, and then they just try to be like okay like let's give this a shot you know one or two years we'll see how it goes while we bring herrera up to speed with getting work at the major league level and we get him where we want him to be so i i think that they have like there's plenty of options to to go that route that they could trade some pieces and land a acceptable catcher for lack of better words but shortstop you're like you're not going to trade for a big name piece like when you look at like what some of the guys were given up for um for like impact position players just the the asking price i feel like it's going to be so much higher especially with it being like for the full year um so i think you'd be better off like all right like molina's money's gone wayno's money's gone pool money's gone dickerson's money's gone 
you could just package all that up and spend 35 million on a Trey Turner, you know, and then you have a guy batting lead off in front of Goldschmidt and Arenado that's going to get on base that can steal bases. A nasty lineup. <laughs> yeah. That is going to be a gold glove caliber shortstop. Boom. Done. Um, Dude, poor Tommy Edmonds. Like, dude, everyone around me makes thirty fucking million dollars. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, because um, and then and then I guess that's the other side of it is that as these other guys start to hit free agency, who are they able to retain? You know, like what's going to happen with Flaherty, um, who I think is a free agent after twenty twenty three. Michaelis is a free agent after twenty twenty three. I think Hudson's a free agent. Montgomery would be a free agent. Um, so then you're like, okay, now we have like, now our, our lineup's good. Like we have that covered, but now we just got to figure out what we're going to do with our rotation. And then pitching is just what you focus on for 2023. You imagine, uh, running an Atlanta Braves podcast where you're like in the future of the team looks like, well, for the next like eight years, all the guys currently on the, on the field. So <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to start for us? Well, they're all under contract, so... Right, like we can't get rid of any of them. They're all Paul DeYoungs. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty much all <laughs> Paul DeYoungs. Um, yeah, team of Pauls. But yeah, so, so... So I think that they have this... Like, they're, there's like the... It's like a, this nice edge that they can... That they can do a lot. Like, they have a ton of flexibility because you're kind of set everywhere. So you can you can pick your poison. Like you can decide where you're going to take that chance at because you have a lot of guys that are already under contract for 2023. Um, if not longer, but you know, take it a year at a time. Yeah. And you can know, no way. Can you be like last year? I think it was like the one more year of like, Hey, you know, we trust Paul DeYoung, you know, we gave him some money, <laughs> just, tough out hey his hard hit rate just blah blah, blah. we're seeing some metrics that we like yeah yeah i don't think you get many more years of uh paul de young um it's gonna be he's the guy talk so i think it would be a good good timing as well being like you know we especially if you do lock up a nolan arenado like if he doesn't opt out you know so and you don't you know win it all this year he's gonna be itching Next year, it's going to be, well, like, I want to win a World Series. I don't just want to win my division. So, you know, he's a greedy fuck like the rest of us. So. And he's like, I want to win that playoff series. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to lose, you know, game one wild card. <laughs> yeah, I'm not here to play in the wild card series. And that's why I think it's great is that they're going to win a division and then they still got to go play in the wild card series. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah, oh, well, you said that Nolan, you told us you just wanted to win a division. You know, uh, I did say that, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're right, you're right. <clears throat> but yeah, like, it's just, so I said, like, I think that they, you know, when you, when you look at it, though, everyone, you know, and, and Cardinal Nation, I, I feel like they're going to remember, you know, the second half of the season this year. Um, so when you, when you go into it and you're like, you best believe all they remember is for the 17 games last year. What are yeah. you talking about? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I, you know, now granted, they did play, I mean, played a really good one game. They did. Against the Dodgers. I mean, it was, 
Not a lot of teams. <laughs> Mike, I think Mike Schmidt lost his job because of it. Like a, yeah, like a Scherzer, true. Well, I think he probably would have lost his job for more reasons than that. But um, yeah, no, I mean they just they're just like, oh, remember them seventeen games and like look how good like a seventeen game streak is. If the seventeen games just would have been in the playoffs, maybe. Right. For sure. So so here we'll we'll do. It's like the, this will this will be like the last point I make about it. And I think this will kind of drive it home with where I'm at. We're only at the hour mark, so it's fine. So we've talked about the rotation. So position player, let's say, just even split most teams carry 13 to 13. So there's going to be 13 position players. So if if I were to tell you right now, so as things are right now, the Cardinals, 13 players that will be on the opening day roster – we can't predict the future, so we don't know about injuries or anything like that. So we'll assume everyone's healthy, everyone's back, whatever. So it's going to be Kisner and Herrera behind the plate. So that's two. You're going to carry Carlson to play center field. You'll have O'Neal in left. You'll have Newt Barr in right. Um, and then you'll probably carry a fourth outfielder of some sort. I don't don't know i think that that'll be a spot that gets filled internally um yeah. maybe like maybe a jordan walker or, or an alec burleson yeah, yeah something like that most likely yeah. burleson's up right now it's not really doing much not doing, struggling not to play a little high. bit not too uh, many at bats though not too yeah, many yeah. uh ben deluzio also a good story um you also have guys like juan yepes that could um that could play a little bit outfield. Donovan could play a little bit outfield. Edmund could play a little yeah, bit outfield. They got to trade one of those guys. <laughs> so the Donovan Yepes, the Cruz, so, the last four guys. Yeah. So then, so so you have Herrera, Kisner, Arenado, Goldschmidt, Edmund, um, and then. So right now you you have DeYoung. Like you you haven't made a move, so you have DeYoung. It's gonna be your shortstop. Um. Donovan would be like your util like your super utility guy to put you to seven. Uh, right? Or did I forget a guy? Yeah, no, I forgot a guy. So I'm so bad at trying to list these off and count. Kisner Herrera, Goldschmidt, Edmund, DeYoung, Arenado, Donovan. Yeah, so seven. Um, Gorman as a DH. Then you have Carlson, Newt Barr, O'Neill, Yepes, as as uh, your three outfielders, and then Yepes is like another utility guy, and then that leaves you with one other with one other spot, essentially. Like that's twelve guys, and so if we assume that that thirteenth spot would belong to either Burleson or Jordan Walker, I think would be a strong guess as to who earns that spot whether they want another lefty or another right-handed bat probably need another lefty. Cause in looking at that, you have Carlson as a switch hitter. Well, I guess you got Newt Barr, Gorman, Donovan. So they got a decent amount of lefties uh, and Edmonds a switch hitter. So their pick probably whoever earns it, but you're probably looking at one roster spot between Walker and Burleson as to who earns that spot. Um, and then you have Yepes and Donovan as like super utility. Donovan can play corner outfield and middle infield. Yepes can play corner outfield and corner infield positions. Um, and then Donovan also can play third. So you have you have some flexibility 
you have some depth. So if I if that's your 13 guys right now, with the way things have been going since the All-Star break, since the early part of July, everyone's all on board. This is great, lovely, wonderful. You know, um, maybe, you know, there's some improvements like we talked about, but everyone's like viewing it right now. This is a team that has already shown that they can probably win 90 plus games. 90 plus wins should likely be good. Like if you get to that 95 win mark, you're probably winning the central year in and year out. Um, so, so you're there. Like there's no wild card game anymore. You're winning a division. You're hosting a three game series. You're a great team at home. Right. You're probably playing in the division series seven out of every 10 years, you know, and I feel like everyone's going to be on board with that. Every, everyone loves that, that mindset right now with where they're at. If I told you that was going to be the Cardinals position player roster as of June 29th, everyone in the, and their mom would be against it. Like they got to do something like that's nothing like that. We don't, we can't do that. Like Newt Barr's not an everyday outfielder. Like he's already shown that he can't do that. We haven't even seen what Walker or Burleson can do. Gorman, like his, he, like he's so hit or miss. O'Neill looks like he regressed so much. Everyone would have hated it. So, <laughs> right. So that's so that's where I think that like, for me, if that is their lineup, I think that they will continue to be exactly what they are right now, which is. They are overqualified to play in the NL Central, meaning that they will run away with it probably every year unless something vastly goes wrong. Or, <clears throat> so like they, they have some collapse, they're super injury prone or whatever. Guys just vastly underperform like at a crazy rate and they miss the playoffs altogether. Or they catch lightning in a bottle and they win a World Series or they contend for a World Series or whatever. Those two, like, outliers, like the 10% of the worst-case scenario and 10% best-case scenario, but 80% of the time, that team will lose in the wild-card series or lose in the division series to a better team. And, I, like, that to me is, like, the sweet spot for the Cardinals' front office. <laughs> so, like, I saw a stat today. So like, I think like as of, let me, let me see if I can find it real quick. Where's my phone? Uh, Robbie posted it on the social medias. Let me see. I just don't want to misquote this because it was an interesting stat, but I think it, it shows it. So uh, it, it was a, a tweet from Derek Gould. And so he said, working on some projects for at STL today that will drop in the weeks to come and updated research Elias once did. Um, it's, like, it's like the Elias Sports Bureau or whatever. Yeah. So as of Sunday, the Cardinals have played 2,900 games since Yadier Molina made his MLB debut in, 2020, oh, yeah. in 2004. They've been out of playoff contention for 24 of them. That's total since 2004 the Cardinals have played 24 regular season games that they weren't contending for a playoff spot. Like that they either had, you know, that they had been eliminated. Like if they, I'm sure it's more if you consider games that they had already clinched a playoff spot for, but 
I don't think that that can be viewed as a negative. Like, oh, you guys were too good that year. You clinched real early. There's a reason why we all wear uh, the Central Runs Through Us shirts, you know? <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think that that's crazy good. That's a crazy phenomenal stat. 2,900 games and only 24 of them were they not in playoff contention. But in that same stretch, the Cardinals have won two World Series rings, and both of them were pretty much lightning in a bottle years. Like, they were not the best team by far. They didn't have the strongest playoffs. They just won more games than anyone else in the postseason. Well, I mean, that's been, like, the Cardinals team, though. I mean, that's how the for, for sure. For, for, 20, no, for 20 years. Winning games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that, what I think... That? Like, we say that to probably... If you could get analytics on our podcast, we say that all the time. Right. And that's what I'm saying. So I, I think that this is a really, really creative way that the Cardinals are doing the same thing they've always done, but it feels like they're doing something different, but they really aren't. Like they're, they're just changing out other mediocre bench players for like, you know, they're, they're just younger and cost less. You know, like that that's where it's at. like they brought in Goldschmidt and they brought in Arenado, but like what like you know, it's like early, like those early years with Molina, they had Roland here and Edmonds and Pujols and they brought in Holiday. Um you know, it's like they like and then it was they they had their little dark year where like they had the Ozuna trade and that didn't really work out. Um, they brought in Hayward, didn't really work out. So they missed a little bit. They missed the playoffs for a couple of years. That's probably when all three of those 24 games happened. It was like, what, <laughs> 2015, 16, and 17. True. Or whatever. Once, once Yachty and Pools kind of came up, I mean, the run started. <laughs> or I guess, I guess it was 16, 17, and 18, like the three years that they didn't make the playoffs. That's probably when all four of those 24, or all of those 24 games happened in those three years. I'd be, if not most of them happened then. <clears throat> but then they 2019 get back in the playoffs, you know, whatever. But that like 2019, that also coincided with them making the trade for Goldschmidt. Then they brought in Arenado. And so it's like, they've always had that thing, but I, I don't know who, I don't know who the, the next guy will be to carry that torch. Like, is it you know, like they had Pujols as like homegrown. They had Molina, they had Wayno. And I don't think they have those guys right now. I don't think that they have the next perennial all-star, you know, how many gold gloves has Molina won? Something stupid, like 13 or some crap. All of them? Yeah, well, something maybe, ridiculous. Maybe the Cardinals are trying to get rid of their head of player development and scouting. Well, I don't think they're trying to get rid of them. The, they're, he's trying to be poached by the Tigers. Maybe it'd be a good thing then, you know, fresh, fresh face, never a bad idea, you know. For sure. Uh, may, maybe maybe a little younger. I don't know how old the person is now, but um, I I also don't know. I saw a picture of him. Might be into that. I saw a picture of him, and he looked pretty young. The current guy. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure Matt Slater was his name. I'm gonna I'm gonna see Matt Slater Cardinals. Yeah, so he is special assistant to the GM any of player pure procurement. And he joined the Cardinals organization in 2007, was named director of player personnel in 2012. He's in his 26th year in Major League Baseball. Um, it does not say, years. yeah, it does not say how old he is, but he doesn't, you know, he looks, young, he looks, 
Yeah, he looks like he's maybe in his 40s. <laughs> like, he, he looks young. I mean, he's 26, so he was what? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, he looks like he's in his 40s. Like, maybe he's like 50 years old. It's like he got into baseball, my assumption, at like his early 20s. Um, let's see. So, over the course of his career, he has helped build division winners and playoff teams in Baltimore, Los Angeles, and St. Louis. In his current role as senior talent evaluator, Slater works hand-in-hand with the GM and all player acquisitions, including major league, minor league, amateur draft, and international talent. Furthermore, he aids in contract negotiations and roster composition. For the past 10 years, Matt has served as a consultant to the Ort Buffaloes Baseball Club of the NPB in Japan. Um, in addition, he continues to push the Cardinal organization forward in the emerging player procurement markets of Asia and Cuba. Um, here, so he graduated Marquette from Marquette in 93. So what? So he would have been born like early 70s, late 60s. I think that that's... Um... I think that's safe to safe to say if he would have been like 22 when he graduated 22 23 so it would have been yeah. like 1970 1969 he would have been born yeah, yeah so he, like yeah. yeah okay <clears throat> but yeah so apparently the and he's a, a native of fort wayne indiana uh marquette's in milwaukee he holds a law degree from Southwestern Law School in L.A. Um, he lives in Chesterfield with his wife, and they have <laughs> three, figure. they have three kids that are all like teenagers or preteens, fifteen, twelve, and twelve. So maybe he doesn't want to move, but I feel like that it's a pretty integral part of what they do. We know Gersh doesn't do shit, so it's probably Slater and Mo having conversations. What do you mean? Uh, oh, yeah, like, like yeah Gersh doesn't do anything. He goes and gets coffees. Yeah. Yeah, we good to be Gersh. Yeah. Um... My Dodgers players didn't do anything. Even though the Dodgers scored six yeah. runs. What'd you get for being a Dodgers fan? Yeah. No complete game shutout for Anderson. He just went seven scoreless quality start win. What did that uh That's seven games points though? Yeah, seventeen points. Uh, and then Cobb is. I mean, he's keeping up though. Yeah, and then for Cobb a day is where seven. Kurt's pitchers put up. I mean, the negative seven and a half sucks, but fucking fifty-seven and a half points. So fifty fucking points. I mean, you're still you're his team still like keeping up. Yeah, Travis. Yeah, I mean they're batting. You know, three thirty-three. Yeah. And your brother's gonna need this <laughs> for the next six days. Yeah, I mean Kurt just didn't have like he. Travis had basically a full slate of position players go. And Kurt had two. 
So. Your yeah, but yeah, your brothers guys are one for five. Travis is eleven for thirty-six. Yeah, two home runs on the day, eleven Ks. No bueno. It's gonna be a close matchup. Yeah, yeah. you're just getting blown out on a Monday. I know. My guys did nothing. Four and a half points, dude. Yeah, they did a whole. Dude, honestly, if not for the negative points, at least you're probably in double digits. Yeah. I mean, and, and but, Atlanta's still playing, so Harris might might yeah, do you're something. You're still two starts in hand. Mickey, pretty much. I mean, you had a starter go today. You know, you had an extra start, eight eight point three points to you. Yeah, um, yeah, but Harris is due up in the in the top of the ninth, so maybe he can. Uh, Big home run. Big yeah, home maybe run. he can do something like walk in a steal or something. Some points I can't tell. Yeah, like yeah. it looked like Cobb got pulled. I'm so confused with what's going on because now it's showing the top of the ninth and it's showing that Minter's pitching. But the game's in San Francisco, so if it's the top of the ninth, I'm gonna I'm just gonna go to MLB. CBS is being stupid. So it's the end of the eighth because it looks like they only have Cobb pitch seven innings, but they haven't given him a quality start yet. So I'm seeing if Cobb sometimes pitched they do, eight. Sometimes they don't. Okay, or... yeah, no. So Cobb, Cobb got pulled. He he went seven. So the two runs were not against Cobb for Travis, but he got the quality start for sure. And now Scott Alexander's in to face uh, Ted and then Harris and then Grissom. Um. <clears throat> So, could his win could get blown, but he has a quality start at least. So I think Cobb at the very least matched. Oh, they don't know. Lead off single. Now if Harris could hit a two-run home run, that'd be pretty sweet. I'd be happy about that. Um, where are we at? Like an hour twenty. I didn't really update. I updated for when we were supposed to record, and then when I was fucking feeling like shit, we didn't record. But I didn't update it from there because I kind of forgot about it. Um, but you know, I I feel like we're we're still we still at least have like a chase for for one team. I I feel like judges kind of you know fallen off the pace a bit. But pools, I think. Well, I feel like Judge is picking it back up, but he had that like stretch along with just kind of the Yankees, where I mean, he was hitting well, he just wasn't really hitting homers at the clip. I feel like lately he's been hitting homers. Um, I don't, I don't think he hit any over the weekend. Um, he's he's okay. still on pace for a dinger on Tuesday. Him and Trout. Uh, he's still on pace for, um, to break the record, uh, for. The American League and the Yankee record, which is the same thing. Um, but most home runs in a season for a Yankee, it's Ruth at 59, Ruth at 60, and then Maris at 61. And Judge is currently at 55. Um, but uh, the thing for me, though, is I was really hoping that 
if Judge was going to break it, he would do it in the shorter game span. Because I think that it's like Maris hit 61 in like game 162. And I think they only played like 154 games a season when Ruth played. So it was like he had eight extra games to hit that extra home run. So I was hoping, so like some people argue that like Ruth still has the record for his time because he hit 60 and a fewer number of games than what Maris did. Um, So, so I was hoping that he would he would break that, but I forget like where where that was at. Um, I know I found something before. I think it was in Baseball Almanac. I found it. Um, nope, that's not what it was. Yeah, so, so I can't find exactly where it was at, but I know, like, just in this, in the comparison, so in 61, when Maris hit his 61, he had um, 55 home runs through the Yankees' first 141 games, and that was that's exactly where Judge is at right now. And in 27, when Ruth hit 60, he was at 52 through 141 games. Um. Yeah, so, and then there was a, yeah, so it was 154 games for Ruth, but they had a makeup game due to a tie, so they actually played 155 games when he hit his 60, and Maris actually played 163 games because they had an early season tie, which back then they just replayed the game, like they just added another game or whatever, um, when he hit his 61. So I was hoping that just whatever, whatever that is when I like, so by 155, I hope judges at, I want a judge to be at 61. So it was just like, all right, you did it in, in less games. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I don't think it's going to happen because it would be like, he would need what eight home runs over fourteen games. That would be Mike Trout esque. Yeah, Trout's like hold my beer. I'll do you eight home runs in eight games. All right. Well, Harris didn't hit a home run. He grounded out. They didn't hit into a double play. <clears throat> You said at least he didn't into a double play? Yeah, at least he didn't okay. hit into a double play. Yeah. 
That's my shitty way to end the night. <laughs> yeah. And the then, game podcast over. I'm going to bed. And then the next guy grounded out, but Harris made it to second. So at least he's in scoring position, but looks like Contreras ended the game. So no run scored, and the Giants win. Oh, well. Bad news for me. Bad news for Kurt. Oh, looks like the Seahawks won. Seahawks did win 17-16. to 16. I guess that's good news for, for Trav. And David, I guess. If the Broncos are uh, expected to be that good, them losing to teams that they should beat. Yeah. That's a positive. Yeah, they definitely should have beat Seattle. Definitely. And we have an official low point scorer. Oh, no. Who was it? Is Reign of Terror Z Bucksman fifty two point seven points? And what did David end up at? Huh? What David end up at? David had a fifty nine point oh six. All right. Um. Yeah, there was two guys lower than David, fifty six and a fifty two. But David started off the day with forty something points. Russell Wilson got him seventeen points. There you go. Um, but dude, poor this guy. Aaron Rodgers only got three points, so that's mm. kind of rough. Um, do you remember who was out first last year? Oh my God, Cooper Cup's coming on the market. Oh, someone's about to spend all one hundred and ten dollars their first week. Cooper Cup. Uh, he was pretty good. He was, I mean, he's he not, he's like the MVP of last year. Yeah, I mean, Super Bowl MVP. Like Cooper Cups. Pretty nasty. I mean, even against the Bills defense, he got nine passes for you know hundred something yards. So, but and it's about see he's the only good player on the team, and Keenan Allen, but he got injured, so like maybe he goes cheaper. So maybe that's a guy I look at because I could stash him on my bench. But yeah, Cooper Cup, someone's gonna be enjoying them Cooper Cup, but I don't know. Maybe David will go get him. And I already have. I already I like my receiver. So like, can I even play another receiver? I could, right? <laughs> Sounds like you are gonna go spend money. Uh, I mean, yeah, Cooper Cup. Um, yeah, I could play him in the flex spot, I guess. Which I got one point out of last week, so maybe I do need to trade. But I scored ninety seven. Hmm. All right. Interesting. All right. We'll let you know next week if uh, Chris picks up Cooper Cup or not. Hey. Yeah, and then um, and then like the like the Yankees also. I mean, like they, it's like they're gonna have like half of a team come back, you know, from injuries. Like Lemayhu could be back like late September. Rizzo will be back in like a week. Um, they're getting Benintendi and Carpenter potentially back like late September, early October for like the playoff stretch. Um, Efros, Chapman, and Britton and Abreu all may be back um, to go into the bullpen by like late September. Uh, Bader is making rehab starts double A. Um, uh, 
Severino, Britton, Castro, like these guys are all potentially coming back. Uh, Spitz could be ready to go for the playoffs. Definitely a playoff caliber pick. Yeah, so it's like they could have like a whole new bullpen from, from what they what they currently have. Um, so I was like, man, like all right, like the, at least the youth's up. Cabrera got his first hit, uh, first home run. Peraza's been doing like they're they've they've all been like okay like none of them have been like oh man you know superstar future of the league um let's see here let's yeah like so Floriel has struggled at the plate but that. I think that's kind of expected, but it's been real bad. He's batting like under 100, uh, 31 at bats. Um, but Cabrera starting to kind of find it a little bit. Um, hit 200, just hit a home run, couple extra base hits. Uh, it's got the strikeouts down. He's getting on base more. Um, and then Oswald Peraza is hitting 238 and like 21 at bats couple extra base hits his walk to strikeout is like one to one right now so i'm really happy about that his on base percentage is almost like 400 so i i can i can live with that for sure you know like i that's we just need guys to get on base you know so that way uh everyone else can do do their damages you know and then quietly like and they have nine players with double-digit home runs. Um, you know, Higgy might get there to have ten players with double-digit home runs. You know, so I was just like, all right, like they're getting, getting some production, but I think that they, the the Yankees have so much more that they need to do. Like, I, I, like, where I think the Cardinals are kind of in their youth movement now, and, like, you'll probably see that be full effect, like, 2023 to 2024. I think the the Yankees are probably, like, two years behind that. Um, where you'll see, like, Cabrera and Peraza with, like, everyday playing time. You'll probably see uh, Jason Dominguez up. Um, like Troy Sweeney will probably be up. Austin Wells, Josh Bro, maybe they're left-handed. Um, guy, their their first round pick. Can't think of his name off the top of my head. Who's first round pick? The Yankees. The the left-handed Aaron Judge. Oh, the left-handed Aaron Judge, Spencer yeah. Jones. Spencer Jones. That's right. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't think of his name. Um, but you might see him up. You know, to me, he, he's already 21, 6, 7, 225 pounds. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. If you're going to, if you're going to call him the left-handed hitting Aaron Judge, he needs to play with Aaron Judge. So. Yeah. We need to see a side-by-side comparison on a nightly basis. Yeah. I mean, what, let's see, what's, what's Judge, what's Judge's line come in at? He is 6'7", 282. 
Um, and what I say Jones was six seven two twenty five two fifty five. What was that? Yeah, he's more like Kyle Tucker, slender. Yeah, six seven two twenty five. So Jones got like sixty pounds on him. Yeah, so he looks like Kyle Tucker, bangs dudes like Aaron Judge. Yeah, I mean Kyle Tucker. Damn, Kyle Tucker's a big boy too, six four, yeah. two hundred pounds. Jeez. I mean, when you sit next to Jordan Alvarez, though, you just look small. Yeah, but when you sit next to Jose Altuve, you look gigantic. Yeah, sure. How big is? How tall is Jordan Alvarez? You already got it up. Um, I can. It's just a quick Google search. He is six five, two twenty seven. And then, just for shits and giggles, what's Altuve like? Four nine, <laughs> five five six, one sixty five. His Wikipedia pages. He's trying to update on the rig. Yeah. See if I can stick a half inch in there. Probably. He's like, we're going to look at tomorrow's mic, 5, 6.25. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like this. I need that quarter of an inch, man. <laughs> oh, man. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so, but on the, the Cardinal side, in terms of chasing history, we were talking about Judge. That there's kind of two two little little efforts going on right now. Um, the most apparent being Pujols with chasing 700, and like I, I I feel like he's gonna get there. You know I don't I don't know if you have. Like I, I know you're obviously rooting for him to get there because we have money on it, but I do. Like, do you have thoughts one way or the other? Did I lose you? Wait, what'd you say? I said, do you have thoughts no. one way or the other about Pujols getting the 700? Like, I know we, uh, I know we put money on it. You know what? Two, three weeks ago? Weeks ago, yeah. So, obviously, I've been rooting for it. But, um, yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the year, I I think we said that I don't think it was possible. I don't think he would get enough at-bats. But I think he's hit, uh, A, enough. And, like, he's hit a couple in, like, pinch-in situations. So, that's kind of mm-hmm. uh, helped him in that point in time. But just in general, how he's hit um, – most of the year they they continue to find him those little at bats um and he continues to make the most of them so i don't also see why he can't finish with you know three you know four more um i think there was i mean even at the game we were at i mean 10 years ago if albert hits those i mean they're probably gone so like you know age has definitely affected that but i mean i think he's got you know i think he's got some more in him it's like it's more exciting every day um, the more he hits, the more journal he's going to get. And then did you see like the story about him? Um, they tried to give him the last home running hit. Yeah. For 697. Like, yeah. Signed it, gave him like two more signed balls. It was like, go ahead and take it. Like, it's going to mean more to you guys. You know why he does that? Because he's after 700. This one doesn't matter. This one doesn't matter. Like this one's for the fans. You know, if he does that with 700 super baller, but like, it just, should, I thought it meant to me was like, Hey, I, that is going to be really important, but like, 
I think the fans will find that ultra important. Like that's that's a story you're gonna tell forever, and I think that's really cool. But it's because like, he's so focused on just seven hundred, yeah. whether he wants to play it or not. Right, and I definitely don't think he's gonna like. I I would be surprised that three more home runs. Right, like, and and when it comes to seven hundred, like maybe it's not Pools that wants it, but I would imagine baseball will want it. Um, and that's why like I don't I don't know what like the going rate is on that stuff, but I would I would think that it should be simple enough for them to be like, cool. There's only three other people that have hit seven hundred home runs, so this is a very rare feat. In, in our game, we want this to be in Cooperstown with the other ones. I don't know if the other three balls are there or not, like when they hit 700. I don't know. But they're, they want something to be there for sure. So if they can, like if those people were to turn around and they were like, yeah, I would like season tickets to the seats that I was in for next year. Like I I think that they could swing that. Like you're, you're like that's chump change for these yep. guys like that's you know, you're talking like maybe maybe on the high end it's twenty thousand dollars maybe probably not even in pittsburgh you know i like if he's in bush like maybe there's like yeah like let me get season tickets to well, you, bleach know, your you know the pittsburgh stadium is going to be bush stadium cardinals fans are going to be fucking everywhere yeah They're for sure if i owned pirates tickets and pools was one or two home runs away, yeah, I'd be selling my tickets to the fucking nearest Cardinals fan that wanted to pay oh, an exorbitant amount of money for this. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I did that with Blues playoff tickets to people I knew. Right. That I was right. like, yeah, you want to pay me top dollar to go? By all means. Um, but no, so, so and, and yes, like, I, I think that there is a strong possibility that he – breaks it in those last six games there's always the possibility that he does it before then like cincinnati isn't a very strong pitching team five he, games against Pittsburgh yeah coming up i think yeah i think he could honestly have it like yeah by this by the next time we record i think it's extremely yeah, yeah, possible yeah. He's, that he's at 700 100 percent. yeah um i so i i think it'll be dramatic i hope he gets there like i'm i think he has yeah, had do it at home, which would be yeah. Awesome. I I think that that would be cool. Um, I I think that Pujols is an all around pretty good dude. Then we could go. Yeah, if he's one away, even if he's two away, we should probably start trying to go to games. Um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I don't. <laughs> so I I wasn't planning on using that. Um, because it's like I'm not like yeah, it'll it'll be cool, but Pujols just doesn't mean to me what he means to a lot of people here so Dude, it's a baseball thing spags yeah I, I, that's fine it can be a baseball thing it doesn't it doesn't matter like i mean i didn't go i didn't go to the playoff games when they were here for the cardinals back like, oh man i got to see a world series game because it wasn't my team. So I yeah, I haven't seen a World much. Series game, but I did go uh, watch uh, Game Five versus the Pirates. What was that? Uh, Wainwright pitched like eight, maybe nine innings when the Pirates made the playoffs that one year. Mm-hmm. Eat bad seats too. You know, kind of out like a little above Big Mac Land, maybe. 
but that's the only playoff game. I've... Yeah, like I'm, but I have Pools' numbers up here, like career-wise, and he has been like in July, August, and then September, October combined, he has hit over 300 for his career in those months. Um, slugging percentage, it. It, it dipped a little bit, but, like, August has notoriously been his best month. Like, 308 career, batting average, highest on, uh, or second highest on base percentage. September and October are a little higher, uh, 384 to 381, but highest slugging percentage, highest OPS. Um, hit his most career home runs in the month of August. So, like, that's just what Pujols has done his entire career was rake in August, apparently. Um, so, hopefully, he can continue to that. Um, if he hits eight the rest of the way, then he will finish with 100 home runs in September and October in his career, which would then put him at 100 or more home runs for every month. Um May, June, July, August, and then September and October combined, and April and March combined. He is already well over 100 in the other ones. So, if you know, I, I just feel like it's a very even spread, and I think that that's surprising to me. So that I will, I will root for him to hit eight more. <laughs> I want him to be at 100 in those months. Um, well, that's, that's really weird. So he, when you split it by months, he has been most impactful by in August, but his first half numbers in terms of power are like significantly higher than his second half numbers. That's determined by the all-star break, Hmm. but he has like a hundred more home runs in his career in the first half of the season than the second half. Now, granted, it's in, like, 400 more games in the first half because he had trouble staying healthy all year, but. Yeah, but I think he'll, I think he'll hit him. Yeah, I, I, I agree. He, he, might, he was not going to, he's not going to move into like the next spot by any means, but I mean he could hit over seven hundred. Yeah, I don't think he'll get. I um, this is what is like twenty something. Yeah, I th- I forget. Yeah, I, I think it's like whoa. It's in the double yeah, because it's Ruth is next, and I think he's at like I'm bringing it up right now. I think he's at like seven ten or something like that, seven fourteen. So yeah, he would need you know another eighteen home runs to pass Ruth. And that's what he has right now on the year. <laughs> so, um, but I think that, that that's kind of the the point that I was making earlier. Not what am I doing? Ah, that's not what I wanted. Go back. I'm making points. Yeah. So when we were talking about like just the Cardinals makeup for next year, it's like I don't know. Like a, I think. Um, a big thing that's lost is they definitely don't run as much as they were. Like their stolen bases have dropped off pretty significant, in my opinion. 
I think a big portion of that is because Bader wasn't healthy and then now isn't on the team anymore. And he's second in the team in stolen bases, Edmund being first. Um, but I just, I don't know, like, I don't think you're, it's reasonable to expect, you know, you're, you're probably looking at for Goldschmidt. He's probably going to finish, I would say 40 home runs, 120 RBIs, batting 325, probably finished right around. That's what he's batting right now. Arenado, you're probably looking at him being at 30 home runs plus. He'll probably get to 100 RBIs and hit 300. I, I, if the rest of the team isn't doing anything, like I can't believe that these guys will get pitched to the same way they are this year um, with the rest of the team around them. <clears throat> um, and after that, like your, your next most productive hitter has been pools. Um, he has the, like, I don't know. Yeah, he's hitting 266, 18 home runs. Um, we've talked about Gorman and O'Neill. Like, we don't really know what you're going to get from either of those two. I think getting 13 home runs from Edmund is a surprise. Um, like, that he's out slugging Tyler O'Neill is crazy to me. I don't think you you can expect that. Um. I think a lot of Newt Barr's unexpected production came in the form of home runs because he's only hitting 223 on the year. And if he's going to be your everyday outfielder, like I don't, I don't know if he'll be a 20 home run guy and that's what he would be on pace for right now. So I think that that's a little high. Um, I think it's a little high for him too, but every time I don't like Tyler O'Neill, he just, he plays a little well, and he's got me on this, like, man, maybe he could do it, but, like, I feel like I'm going to be disappointed at the end. You know? Right. So. Now, now I will say where, like, I where I would expect some regression from, like, Newt Bar, I think what you're getting from Carlson will likely be better. Um, But I would say I think Carlson's numbers, like, from an average standpoint and, like, where the pop was and everything like that will probably be similar to like where Bader was. And I don't think Newt Barr will be where Carlson is. So I, so I think you're, you're going to lose a little bit there. And then even still like Dickerson now five home runs, but he's hitting 293 on the year in 77 games. So that number has gone way up. Um, I don't know if Donovan will continue to be, a 300 hitter. I mean, he's hitting 290. So I think you're going to see a little bit of regression from some of these guys. I do think that Kisner's and Herrera are better than what they were this year. So you'll see some improvement there, I think. Uh, so some of that will be a wash. But I, I just think you're, the top part of the Cardinals offense is going to regress so hard. and not, not so hard. Like, I think getting somewhere between 20 and 30 home runs from Goldschmidt and Arenado is reasonable. I think getting close to hundred RBIs from each of them is reasonable. And then batting close to 300 is reasonable. Like Arenado having the same kind of year he is now next year, I think makes sense, but I don't think you're going to get 40 home runs and 120 RBIs out of Goldschmidt. 
you're gonna get like 30 home right but that's a that's a significant difference in my opinion yeah. like 10 home runs is you know like if if de young had 10 more home runs than what he does right now we probably wouldn't be bitching about him at all if he had 16 dingers on the year instead of six with his 160 batting average so that that's all I'm saying. It's like I just I think that there will be some some regression from where they're at, um, and then you know like some of the, of course like some of the depth pieces that they have I think will be better options next year. Like you know um, I think Ben Deluzio has been fine um, with a little bit that he's been up. He has been better than like Connor Capel. Um, Burleson and Walker and Wynn coming up are going to be better options than Capel and Robertson and, you know, DeYoung. You know, like, so so I think that they, they will, some of it will be a wash, but I, I think ultimately the Cardinals offense right now will likely be worse than what it is this year. In the sense that I don't think they will be what sir they've scored six hundred and ninety runs. Um, where's my calculator? So let's just do six ninety. Yeah, so I mean they're they're averaging like four and a quarter runs per game. And I don't I don't know that they will, that their offense will continue to do that. Um, and I know four and a quarter doesn't seem like a lot, but there's only, I mean, only the Yankees have more runs scored to them out of the AL teams. And in the NL, it is just the Dodgers and the Braves. And the Braves, it's by eight runs. Dodgers, their number's dumb. So, uh, and the Yankees, it's only six runs. So they're like right there with the the best offenses in baseball. Um, and then there's the Dodgers that have 762 runs scored. Oh, and by the way, their, their win tonight, they clinched the playoff spot. So. So I guess they have tiebreaker over the Padres. Maybe. I don't know. But that's dumb. September 13th. Dodgers going to play on spot. Gross. <clears throat> well, good for the Dodgers. Yeah. Okay, they only have like 250 wins in the past <laughs> two years, so who cares about those? And a fake-ass ring. Yep. And didn't win it last year, you know? Sure didn't. All that money and no rings. Yeah, what my my rooting for champion this year is like I want the Yankees to win, and if the Yankees don't win, I want it to be anyone other than Atlanta. It's like the second second caveat. So that way they don't repeat. So the the Yankees streak continues. 
being the only Peters. Yeah, no one has repeated since they won their three in a row. Yeah, they can't beat as good as the Yankees. Yeah, and even then, I mean, it was like a bit before another team had won. Um, back to back. I think. Well, maybe not a bit. Maybe maybe the Blue Jays did at the end of like at the early '90s. Maybe they won. 92, 93. Yeah. So it was the big gap between that. Like, uh, it, like you'd have to go back to like the Yankees again in 77 and 78 to find back-to-back -back winners. So it was like another 15 years. And now it's already at what? 21 I know you're the math one on this podcast yeah I need a calculator for all math it's <laughs> fair we're, we're, it's got to figure out where your paycheck went yeah I just uh, I don't like to be wrong uh, so you know let's see I'm trying to see if there's anything else um, oh, I don't, I think the last time we talked, the Cardinals were still outside top five in the power rankings, but I feel like the last couple of weeks they have been, they've been in, they have been a top five team and the Yankees have been outside the top five. I think they were down to like seventh. Um, trying to see if I could find this this stuff real quick um, yeah so CBS they have yeah, Dodgers Astros Braves Mets Cardinals Yankees um, let's see yeah so for the Cardinals their fifth, let's see, um, they said one of the many cool things about these Albert Pujols home runs is how many of them are game changers. He did it again on Sunday. And then for the Yankees, says, we should have all seen it coming from a mile away. They just needed to play the Twins to get their mojo back. Jaw-dropping stat coming. This is the first time the Yankees won back-to-back -back series since June 22nd. Yeah, that's rough. Um, let's see. Uh, the 1927 Yankees had a 371-plus run differential. The 2022 Dodgers currently have a plus 310 run differential. We haven't even seen a plus 300 team since the 2001 Mariners went 116 and 46 and were exactly plus 300. The only other post-integration team plus 300 or better was the 98 Yankees, who a lot of people argue are like the greatest single team, single season team ever in baseball. Um, the A's fell down. 
to 30th. Poor guys. Um, I'll share one more because I think that this one's interesting. It's about the Mets. So from so they're they're fourth. The Braves are third in power rankings now. But for the Mets, so from June 1st through Friday night, the time period when the Mets blew a ten and a half game lead over the Braves, they played at a 96 win pace. <laughs> that that's crazy. So they were playing on pace to win 96 games over 162, and the Braves made up ten and a half games. Hmm. That's so dumb, dude. Um. trying to see if there's any other any other fun ones um so here here's one against the Phillies and I think this drives on the point we were talking about earlier uh so they've won 21 of their last 25 when they play the Marlins or Nationals Say what you will about strength of schedule, but taking care of business is a great feature of a good ball club. The Phillies have seven games left against the NL East bottom dwellers, too. So, and I, I think that that's, like, if, if the Cardinals were doing that, then they would be pushing, like, taking only four out of seven against the Pirates and the Nationals. What if they just won those series convincingly and went, like, six and one, five and two, like, it it's only a game or two, but now that five games back behind the Mets is three games back behind the Mets. You know, now they're, they're catching Atlanta. Um, so it, it just, it, it goes a long way. It's like, they gotta do the same thing. Like if they, like what they had that five game series against the Cubs where like they could have easily won all five games, but they only took three out of five. Um, You want to hear a fun set against for the Brewers, and then we can wrap mm-hmm. it up. Sure. Just because I I feel like the Brewers are going to be like the new Angels. Oh no. So in spring training 2020, just a few days before COVID caused everything to shut down, the Brewers announced a monster contract extension for Christian Yelich. He's only 30, or he's still only 30. He's played in 133 of the Brewers 140 games this season. And yet he is eighth on the team in home runs. He was coming off a 44 homer season when he signed the deal. It's remarkable how this has unfolded. <laughs> like just, oh yeah, let's go get this guy. Yeah, let's sign this guy. Let's trade for this yeah. guy. Oh, he turns into dog shit as soon as we get him. Go figure. Uh, but yeah. Cool. All right. So... Neither of our teams play tonight. And what they have. Day off. Yeah, Cardinals start. So Yankees, Red Sox. Cardinals have two against the Brewers at home. 
I know Manny's pitching tomorrow. So what, Wayno pitches Wednesday? Yeah, Wainwright versus Burns. And that's the record game, right? If Molina and Wayno will start. Wednesday, yep. Yeah, does that tie the record or does that break the record? It breaks the record. Okay. And then is it a Thursday off day for the Yankees? Yes. So Thursday off day, but then the Cardinals have Cincinnati at home. And they have a doubleheader over the weekend. Oh, well, the Yankees get the Brewers this weekend in Milwaukee. So hey. we can we can help you guys just clinch the division or whatever. Help you guys out, man. I'm sure they'll play lights out baseball this weekend, you know. Uh, the Brewers. Yeah, you'll get Corbin Burns. Mm-hmm. Burns pitches Wednesday, the debut mm-hmm. like day before our series starts. So we we yeah. won't we won't get Burns at all. Uh, oh, they'll push him back to start. Maybe. Yeah, because it burns, and then Matt, Matt Bush is pitching tomorrow. I don't know much Ooh, about him. No, that, those are the two that we'll miss. I don't know. That's that's who you want, Matt Bush. Oh, I mean, he's got he's he's made five starts, appeared in fifty-seven games, five starts, fifty-three innings pitched. He's got a three-point-two-three ERA, one-point-oh-oh WHIP. Not not bad numbers, but it looks like it's like a spot start. Like in his last fifteen games, he has not made a start. So I don't know when uh why he's starting here. Um, he made one start in April, made a start in May, made a start in June. Made a start, two starts in July, overachiever, didn't start in August, and then he's pitched out of the bullpen last couple nights, so it looks like it's probably more of like an opener situation, so at least that's good, it's not like a debut kind of guy for the Cardinals, they never hit those guys, so. Yeah, impossible to hit those guys. Yep. Um. But I think what I, um, Goldschmidt player National League. So he's dropped into third in home runs. He's uh, one behind Riley, two behind Schwarber. He is tied with Pete Alonso for RBIs. And he is five points behind Freeman at batting average. Hitting 325, Freeman's hitting 330. So, he could win all of them, or he could win none of them. <laughs> so, it, uh, it'll be interesting. I think if uh, I think if Goldsmith wins the Triple Crown, and then obviously becomes a shoe-in for MVP, but I also think that there's a, an outside chance if he wins the Triple Crown, that the Cardinals have a shot at catching the NL East division winner and getting a first round bye in the wild card. That's going to be my prediction. Okay. I like that. I like that. Cause then yeah, Paul Goldschmidt plays face off to the yeah. end of the year. Yeah. And Bulls remember hit 700 <laughs> yeah. Goldschmidt wins the triple crown and MVP Yachty and Wainwright set the record for starts. Dude. Yeah. pretty good year that is uh, that is 
that is like the the movie script of how you'd want the final year to play out. And then like the the Disney script is like they win the World Series. Yeah. But you know, like yeah, that, that's ending. like yeah, that's like ending. it goes seven games for sure. You know, the Cardinals struggle early, find a way to come back in the ninth inning. Yeah. Or in the tenth, maybe. Maybe it even goes into extras because it's Disney and they charged you thirty dollars <laughs> to see the movie. So we gotta make it a little bit longer. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Speaking of Disney, dude, Hocus Pocus comes out at the end of the month. Hocus Pocus 2. Mm-hmm. And what comes out in just a couple days? Something comes out in just a couple days. Um, On Disney. Yeah, let me go to the Disney. I don't know. There's a couple good things coming out. There's, there's the Hocus Pocus 2 thing. I have still there's... not watched Chip and Dale. I know you recommended that, but I've not. Or Thor obviously came out this week. Mm -hmm. Oh, Pinocchio's out right now. Is it like a new Pinocchio? Yeah, it's live action. Tom Hanks. Oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. And uh, because then they already do a live action Pinocchio. Um, I thought they did. I don't know that it's with Tom Hanks, but well, when is this coming? When is this coming? Oh, it just says coming soon. Bastard. Oh, it was uh, and Andar or Andor or whatever the new Star Wars. Oh, yeah. So September 21st. Percy Jackson and the Olympians is coming soon. That'll be pretty good. Uh, the other one that I oh the National Treasure show. That also does that that also comes out in September. No, it that says coming soon. It doesn't have a date yet. Did Percy Jackson have a date? No. Okay. I was, a big, I was a That's big fan of those books. So, yeah. Did Did you see any of the movies like The yeah. Lightning Thief and I Sand like Monsters. the first one. Yeah, they, they didn't really do the the good. books. the The second yeah. book was definitely way better than the movie, um, but it would it would have been very hard to depict it. Like there was a lot going on, and they changed up a bit. And I think the the big downside was they made the the kids older in the movies than they are in the books. Um, so some of the, some of the plot aspect was removed because it was like very easy that they could drive themselves. Whereas in the books, they're 11 in the first summer. So like getting across country isn't exactly the easiest thing in the world when you can't just drive yourself. Oh, it looks like Marvel's got another show coming out for Nick Fury called secret invasion. Yeah, uh, I think that'll be the start of, well, not the start of, because I already get into it, but like Secret War is like the, like the route they're going with, like the pull through for everybody, I believe. So, <clears throat> yeah, but lot lots of doing. I've been getting caught up on some other shows that I want like that I've wanted to watch, like on Prime. Um. So there was like two seasons of the show called The Wilds that then got canceled, but it was pretty good. The, uh, the, I enjoyed the two seasons. It's about a um, a group of kids that survive a plane crash. Um, and they're like stranded, so it's like kind of like Lost, but mm-hmm. but not as sci-fi-y as Lost. Um, and then I just watched Yellow Jackets, which is 
was on it's like a showtime show um which was also about a g- group of girls that survived a plane crash <laughs> oddly enough yeah, uh, yeah that that one was a little more a little more out there what goes on like it's a like i would say like the wilds was a little more like a suspense like drama and yellow jackets is more like a like a horror like thriller type feel to it um because there's like no one really knows what happened in the woods and how they survived and you know like they're like not all the girls made it back and like so they're like like time jumps between like when the plane crash happened in like 96 and then like present day and like the adult versions of the girls uh it's like i think her name's like melanie linsky or something like that i don't know if you've ever seen the movie like perks of being a wallflower or if you watch like two and a half men the tv show yeah i watched two and a half men so she plays rose in that show Oh, okay. Um, and then, like, Juliette Lewis is one of the girls, like, the adult version, and, like, Christina Ricci is one of the adult versions. So it's a pretty good cast. Um, it was, like, Emmy-nominated, um, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, and then there's a second season for that that comes out, like, later, I think, like, November of this year. Um, and what else? Oh, and then they, they made um, I Know What You Did Last Summer, into a TV show like drama on Prime, so I've been checking that out. Um, it's it's kind of as bad as you would expect it to be going into it, but the twist they have on the story I think is is pretty good for it to be eight episodes. Because I don't know if you ever watched I Know What You Did Last Summer or any of its sequels, but uh, an hour and a half was well more than enough of watching that and telling the story so yeah. it being over the course of eight hours i was like how is this gonna work but there's there's been some twists and some interesting things i i think katie told me that it got canceled like it didn't get picked up for a second season um although i'm sure it's gonna be a cliffhanger because i think that they were hoping that they would um but it is uh it's been interesting um and then of course there's like a whole plethora of shows like Netflix is like the next thing that I'm going to go through that because like Cobra Kai has had a new season come out and like I haven't watched season four of Umbrella Academy or season three whatever season they're on whatever season just came out you watching House of Dragons do what have you been watching House of Dragons I have not I have not started that yet so Katie wants to watch that and then Lord of the Rings as well like Rings of Power yeah, I haven't started Rings of Power yet. Yeah, so those two are like shows that Katie and I are going to try to find time to watch. Um, but we also want to, like, we do a lot of, like, we'll usually watch, like, an episode of something before we go to bed. And we both agree that, like, House of, House of Dragon and Rings of Power, we want to watch, like, on the big screen, like, downstairs. So, like, just so that way, like, we can enjoy the cinematography a little bit more. Um so it's harder it's been harder for us to find like time where we can sit down and and that's fair we've just been watching sunday nights have become you know dragon nights yeah makes sense that's that's kind of where we have to be so she just started her final semester of school or maybe her final year of school something maybe she has a spring semester as well but either way so she's finishing up like her her schooling in this school year um 
I think she has the fall and spring semester. But maybe maybe it's just fall. I don't really know. It's not my degree, so I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, so she has that. And then, like, the youth organization she's a part of. It's like, she's all over the place. And then band practice and their gigs picking up. So I'm like, okay, like, I have, I could easily have found plenty of time to watch these shows. But I'm, I'm trying to be polite and wait till she can watch them with me. And then, of course, like, the nights that she doesn't have anything are, like, Friday nights, and I have, like, D&D, or, you know, whatever. Uh, Yeah, like, tonight. Yeah, I mean, she did have a meeting tonight, but, I mean, she got home, I don't know, an hour and a half ago. So, we could have easily watched an episode tonight, but now we're, now it's it's too late. (laughs) Well, it's early. Now it's early. Yeah, now it's early. But, yeah, if you want to hear more about all of the TV shows that we watch, you got to tune into that podcast. Yeah. Um, Thanks for our new YouTube short. Go ahead and like and subscribe yeah, to our channel. We, yeah, we call it the uh, it's the uh, TV Guide channel. No, we call it Movie Pass. <laughs> yeah, St. Louis did not make the cut for Movie Pass, man. Yeah, you come subscribe to us. We'll tell you what the movie's about. <laughs> <laughs> come, yeah, come check out our podcast. It's called We Watched It, so you don't have to. Yeah, that <laughs> So. Uh, there are there are like YouTube channels that do that like with board games like we play it so you don't have to yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not a bad idea. I didn't think of it though, so fuck that idea. <clears throat> but cool. Um, I think we got everything. We're a little over two hours, but it's been a couple weeks, so it, it was to be expected. Um. Anything else on your end that you want to add? Nope. I'm just getting destroyed by a dog. All right, all right. Well, we can wrap it. Um, again, have next week off, so we'll be back oh, recording. Yeah, hopefully the 26th, I think, will be what we're planning for. Be one of those days, whatever, 26th, 27th. Um, it actually works out because I have that like huge work planning on the 19th and 20th. So being up this late and then needing to get up and do planning again bright and early on Tuesday would be less than ideal. So take next week off actually works really well. Um, but cool, yeah, ninety-seven episodes. And we're gonna hit a hundred on ten ten. That's the goal. oh yeah 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 ten ten for episode one hundred. Oh. Um, it'll coincide with like getting ready for the divisional playoffs. Fantasy baseball will be done. Um, yeah, so we'll uh. Well, we'll have yeah, we'll have a lot of information. So, uh, talk to you guys in a couple weeks. And until then, stay cool. Peace. Bye.